This podcast was recorded on the lands of the Wongal people and the Yagara Turrbal peoples. This always was and always will be Aboriginal land. Strap in. Buckle up. It's story time, folks. This is Australiana Rama. Warning, this episode contains swear words. And eggs. Great. <laughs> no nuts. <laughs> no nuts, absolutely. Oh, well, debatable. Well, dairy-free. <laughs> <laughs> well, here we are. Uh, here we are again. The year of our Lord. I wanted to say 2017, but it's just because I've been reading about elections. It's not 2017. <laughs> it is 2022, baby. And politics is just as cracked. And that's what we're here today to talk about. You're not wrong. <laughs> there was a delay there and I was like, is Jess all right? <laughs> I was just waiting for a little plane to pass over so that I could uh, edit it out. Yeah, um, but that's fine. I'll leave it. I'll leave it now. It's part of it now. It's part mm. of it. Speaking it of noises, there is some construction happening um, with some neighbours of mine. So my brain mm-hmm. is its own jackhammer. But also if you hear anything, that's what that is. I do apologise. It's just ambience, you know. It's We're talking about real life here. It's so. part of it. It's almost like I'm tuning in from the campaign trail with Scott Morrison himself at a work site and wearing high vis. You can hear the election happening behind me. Mm. But hopefully this will be less annoying. hellish <laughs> and annoying. And actually something that people want to listen to. Yeah, I hope mm. so. Mm. Um, should we jump right into it? Yeah, so what are we what are we what are we doing about today? Today? Yeah. today I have brought you some of Australia's most cracked moments during elections. So not politics in general, we're going election specific and I have tried to dig deep through the archives of uh, recent and historic events to find some pretty cracked moments. Ooh. Yeah. Sounds more interesting than a lot of the election coverage that I've been seeing. I, I just kind of, I can't. Think of it as a cooked highlights reel, if you will. Mm, I think I will. All right. Are you ready? Yeah, let's go. Let's do it. Okay. These aren't in any particular order. It's just a mm-hmm. fun order. So moment right. number one, Clive Palmer. Mm, mm. Not just him as a concept, because that could be a moment, but I do have a specific moment. Mm -hmm. Um, In 2013, during that election, Clive Palmer attempted to appeal to the youth vote by twerking on the Kyle and Jackie O show. What? Yep. How'd I miss that? Well, you don't have to because there is a video that you can Mm. watch. I won't be. Um. (laughs) You don't need to. I'll describe what happened for you. So he's in there. They're talking about Miley Cyrus and Beyonce. It's all a bit problematic. And they're like, you should twerk. And he's like, I don't know if I can go that low. And wow. then through some, well, yeah, through some encouragement, mm. he gets off his chair. Kyle says, hold on to the table because they're worried he's going to fall over. Mm. And he doesn't actually twerk. He like shakes his butt from side to side, like left to right. Well, it's tricky for everyone. He doesn't look like he's got, got it in him. No, it is a bit – it's it's a grim watch, but mm. I do recommend. Um, he also popped on to 
Triple J and he was on The Hamster Wheel, which was that ABC political show, I think, maybe by the Chaser guys. Anyway, and he delivered like impersonations of Bob Carter and Kevin Rudd and Tony Abbott and Julia Gillard. Um, All the things that the kids like. Yeah, yeah. He was really like, hello, fellow youths. And, you know, we do know that voting data says that so many young people vote for Clive Palmer. Um, (laughs) Moment number two just for for context for some of our international Go. listeners oh yeah um, true clive palmer <laughs> um mm-hmm. he's a wealthy man very and pays for a lot of advertising yes with some questionable messages and claims doesn't he also have like a dinosaur, dinosaur collection park. like yes. a dinosaur park in noosa in noosa He's a mining mogul. Mm. Um, he's made all he quite of his likes money from Trump, copper. I think. Yeah, he didn't pay a bunch of people. Like, there's a lot of Trump adjacent situations. He's mm. anti-vax, um, and then he, he's yeah. a big, loud fella. Yeah. And yep. I, I just don't think that we have anything in common. I've met with him. The man. Mm. That's one Did thing. You... You, that's one thing you have in common. You both know me. Mm. I stage managed him. At the Queensland Poetry Festival, where he came and did a reading because he used to write poetry in the 70s. What? And he read out a poem about women and his love for women and how powerful they are. Um, we did have a mishap where we put some seats on stage that were potentially too small. Um, oh, but no. we, we made it work, and I, they were, but right. it, it is one of the most. Um, scary moments of my life being in the wings of a sold out theater next to my artistic director and both of us going holy fuck uh clive palmer is about to sit on a 20 centimeter wide stool mm. with the back that may yeah anyway so i had no idea the yeah. po- poetry is is news to me yeah i'm really concerned i'm going to get sued for defamation now but <laughs> oh well well, but I don't think you've said anything defamatory. You just that's no, a thing just, that happened. You were concerned. It all worked out. I was concerned from a health and safety perspective. Yes, perhaps <clears throat> the venue wasn't as accessible as it could be. But no. mm-hmm. many venues are not. Yeah. Anyway, if you really, mm. if you're really, really bored, you can look up Clive Palmer poetry. Um, I think there are probably better things to do with your time, but go for it. Mm. Just our opinion. Moment number two. (laughs) From one crazy man to another, Tony Abbott. So in 2019, during some door knocking, Tony Abbott stopped and got a staffer to film a video of him marveling at a little street library. And he like speaks to the camera being like, I've never seen anything like this before. What? I was yeah. going to say, how do you? How did he marvel? And yeah, yeah. So he was on Tango Avenue, which is in his seat of, um, well, his ex seat of Warringah. Mm. And he said, "You read a book, you put it in here, and you take a book out. Reading is such a wonderful way of broadening the mind. It's such a wonderful way of exploring parts of the world that you can never personally see. And you know, isn't it great? Comment on the people of Warringah. Something like this, which is an exercise in self help." He'd never seen one before. He never knew it was a thing. And he was legitimately like, get the cameras. Wow. Because he's just not a pedestrian. He drives a car everywhere. He gets driven around. He gets driven around. Yeah. Mm. 
So, you know, there you go. Um, wow. The video is still available on Twitter if you want to <laughs> have a look. All right, we're going to jump back to 2007 for our third moment here for the Lindsay pamphlet scandal. Ooh. Is that a person or pamphlets in the seat of Lindsay? The seat of Lindsay. Okay. Yes. So Not someone called Lindsay pamphlet. Well, <laughs> I will be taking that name for my next play. Thank you. Okay. Um, so essentially during 2007, a bunch of Liberal Party volunteers distributed fake election pamphlets in the seat of Lindsay. And the pamphlets were... <laughs> It's so bad. They claimed to be from an Islamic organization that was proven to not exist. Like they just made mm. it up. And this faux Islamic organization claims that the Labor Party supported clemency for terrorists and also wanted a construction of a mosque in the local area. The second one, fine. Fine. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was like a huge news story about three days before the 2007 election, um, which was, you know, Kevin 07, Kevin mm. Rudd. And, yeah, those those staffers or volunteers were ki- kicked out. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because there aren't, there aren't a lot of rules about political advertising, but there are some. Like, you can't pretend to be yeah. organisations that don't exist. You can absolutely no. slander your opponent, yeah, but you have to do it under your own name. You can only do it within certain parameters. Um, yeah, but I the actually, parameters are available. They are. And they're readily available. I actually have a copy of the pamphlet, um, which you can probably oh. see. It's like a little, you know, it's very 2007. They've made it in Word. Yeah. They've made it in Word. They've photocopied it. There's even like there's, a good Word art at the bottom. I was just going to say there's a Word art, um, like the arch thing. Yep, it's the it's word curved. art, the curved arch, full capital mm. letters, and it says Allah Akbar, but they haven't spelled Allah right. No. Um, <laughs> and, yeah, it's pretty grim. It, they've, like, pretended to be the Islamic Australian Federation, and they're like, Labour is the only political party to support the entry to this country. Anyway, it's, yeah, it's bad. Wow, I didn't know about that either. Yeah, there you go. How did uh, what's I just mm-hmm. don't I can't what's the thought process of thinking, yeah, this is a good idea. This will work. Mm. Um I think racist dog whistling definitely empowers people to believe these things. That's um, true. Yeah, I'm not looking it through a, a lens of racism. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> An absolute desperation. Like this was the Kevin O seven campaign where, mm. you know, John Howard did not have a good time in the polls. So there you yeah. go. Well it rhymes. What can you do? Yeah. Yeah, there were also, like, other people linking the Labour Party to supporting the Bali Bombers, and it was... Mm. Yep. Icky. Icky is the word, indeed. Um, Okay, so this is a recent one that is probably in many of our minds. The 2021 WA state election. Um, So (laughs) last year there was a state election in Western Australia. This is, yes, Mm mm-hmm. Yes, and essentially the Liberal Party doesn't really exist in WA anymore. Mm. So Labor won almost all of the seats. Um, They won 53 out of 59 seats 
And <laughs> the Liberal Party only won two seats. So the Nationals actually became the minority party because they got mm. four. And the Liberal <laughs> Party, um, like they still exist as a Liberal Party, but essentially what happens is that if you don't have enough people sitting, um, some of your your budget is cut. And so like they can't employ staff in the same way that yeah. the other parties can employ staff. And so, yeah, um, Anthony Green called the election after 42 minutes. Some, like, and like for context, if it's closer, it can take weeks. Like, Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and there Haven't was... Haven't they, like, the Liberals in Western Australia, they have now, like, achieved gender parity, though? Because yes, there's only one two woman, of one man. <laughs> um, so good for them, finally. Mm. And, yeah, essentially there was a 14% two-party preferred swing, which means that there's a 14% increase towards um, mm. Labor. And they already were ahead in the prior election in 2017. So, yeah, that that's a pretty grim one. That's a pretty grim... Mm. Uh, 42 minutes. Liberal Party. Yeah. Yeah. Um, other close votes that have happened include um, one of the seats in 2013. So our recent <laughs> poetry pal, Clive Palmer. Mm-hmm. So he, in his initial tally in the 2013 election, only won by seven votes ahead of the LNP's Ted O'Brien in the Queensland seat of Fairfax. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, a recount was ordered and it was um, much bigger than that in the end, but the initial count was Mm. seven. Um, So that's pretty tight. And another closer vote, well, the closest vote that has ever happened was in 1919, and this was on a first recap. So in December 1919, Edwin Kirby of the Nationalist Party defeated Charles McGrath of the Labour Party by one vote. Wow. And that was the recap. Mm. Yeah. They did do um, a by-election in uh, July 1920, so about six months later, and he ended up winning by 3,615. Well, no, sorry, the Labour guy actually ended up winning by 3,615 mm. On the second go. Yeah. Yeah. But initially it was the other guy by one. Mm. So something happened in the by-election where 3,614 or no, more than that. Sixteen people were like, Change their mind. "Well, we'll go for the other guy this time. See what happens." Mm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, twenty nineteen, our most recent election, other than this one. Um, I like to call this the sequel to Egg Boy, Electric mm-hmm. Egg, Electric Boogaloo. That's um, good. Yeah, it is the infamous Unbreakable Egg. So in Aubrey. <laughs> Um, A protester slapped an egg on the Prime Minister's head, so Prime Minister Scott Morrison, but it's just, like, completely bounced off and didn't break. So the ABC... Was it hard-boiled? Do we have that information? No, it wasn't. It just... It wasn't. It was Hmm. just a raw egg. Sturdy. Yeah, so the ABC's Dan Confia found the egg on the ground. (laughs) That's journalism. Yep, and confirmed it was intact with a photo. Yeah. What a and scoop. studied the egg and was like, it just seems like it's a this regular a old egg. egg. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, another cracked moment from a fairly recent election, which was in 2016, was from Pauline Hanson. Now, she has many cracked moments that I will not list because I don't want to give her airtime, but I will mention mm. this one, which is when she tweeted, 
Kids from the bush tell me, because their speeds are so bad, they keep getting beaten by gamers from overseas. Unacceptable. <laughs> oh, internet speeds. Yeah. Mm. But she doesn't give any context. Mm. She's like, just saying that. She also says, kids from the bush tell me because. Ah. You know? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So she was like, I'm going to get the youth vote. <laughs> Because some kids in the bush told me they can't play Call of Duty. Mm. So, you know, good work. Um, There was also the time in 2019 when Angus Taylor made a similar um, social media gaffe where he posted a video on his own page, um, on his Facebook page, sorry, saying 1,000 extra car parks for rail commuters right across the north of Hume, which ended up being part of the car park rorts, but we won't even get to that and how cracked that is. But he posts Mm. this video and then underneath he comments from his own profile, fantastic, great move, well done, Angus. And it actually led to people finding out that he had a bunch of fake profiles commenting on his own posts. Wow. Yeah. So you'll often see when he posts stuff now, other people will say, fantastic, great move, well done, Angus. (laughs) (laughs) To this day. To this day, the legend lives. Do you know on. what any of his pseudonyms were? Lindsay Pamphlet? <laughs> yeah. Um, That'll be mine. No break egg. Mm. That one's not as good. <sighs> no, I could probably look it up, but I don't have them on me. And a lot of That's them all right. are all like they're kind of, you know, people are like, we think that this is someone. Mm. <laughs> we can't really prove it. Mm. But. Yeah, he's not the only he's not the only politician that's been busted with that kind of thing um, recently, or not the only political commentator who's been busted with that kind of thing either. But I've already been blocked by that journalist, so I'm not <laughs> going to get into it. <laughs> wow, I don't know about that. How fun! Oh dear, yeah, I didn't even say anything mean. Like I don't even mm. know what I did. I think I'm just friends with someone else. Anyway. It's hard to convey tone on the internet. I didn't even convey any tone. That's why it's Mm. so bizarre. But interesting. That's okay. She's kind of notorious for these things. So we'll Mm. we'll move on to um, a Queensland great, a legend, a footy god, if you will, Mal Mm -hmm. Meninga. Mm -hmm. Now, Mm -hmm. what do you know Mal Meninga for, Jessica Aidy? Football. He came to our school. I feel like we've maybe discussed his run for political office in another episode maybe in when we, when we did the quotes one oh yes mm. yes we did let's revisit the moment so great yes this is the time that mal meninga <laughs> announced his political career only to quit seconds later it's worth mentioning again seconds later mm. so 2001 mm. he was running as an independent in act for their territorial election in the electorate of malongo and the first question at this press conference was, why should people vote for you? And mm-hmm, he said, mm-hmm. and the thing about it is, I guess I was a public figure and I was put on the podium where I was just a person out there. Uh, I'm buggered. Uh, I'm sorry. I have to resign. And then he leaves. Yeah. And that's it. Footage is available. It is. And there's also like a few <laughs> like mashups with like music you know someone's done a 20 mm. to 1 in 2007 or something and you know yeah 
crazy. Mm. Um, he has commented on it more recently, though, and he said, I'd been doing all this preparation for six weeks prior about all these questions, all these questions you get asked, and there's two or three answers you have prepared for each of these questions. But then they asked him, why should people vote for you? And he was like, so they asked me this question, why should people vote for me? And I hadn't got this question in the whole six weeks of preparation. <laughs> At no point did they prepare him for that question. So then he said, the Jiminy Crickets on the shoulder and told me, what the bloody hell am I doing this for? Bugger it. And that was his explanation. He just said, oh my God, I don't want to do this. And they didn't Good prepare me mm. how to tell people why to vote. <laughs> Bless. Fair enough. Yeah. Good assessment. Yeah. Like, nah, don't I'd do probably it. leave as well. I'd be yeah. like, mm, bye bye. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> this has gone too far. Okay, I have two more, and these are probably the most dramatic, um, and they are from the archives. We have briefly mentioned one before. Um, have a guess at what episode it might have been. It was a while ago, but here we go. <laughs> so, is it Harold Holt or is it Amy Watt? Uh, it's during one of those that we mention this mm. event. I think it's during Harold Holt's election. Okay. Yeah. So um, this first one, though, is before that. So during mm. the 1919 federal election, um, Keith McDougall was... Great name. Yes, was kidnapped. What? Keith McDougall was yeah. kidnapped. So John Keith McDougall wrote a anti-war poem during the Boer War. It was called The White Man's Burden. And basically it contained lines that were critical of soldiers. So he said things along the lines of sordid killers who murder for a fee. Like he he was being quite political Mm. in his poetry, just like Clive Palmer, some people would say. (laughs) (laughs) And so the poem was republished several times so it was pre-published during world war one and then also in 1915 and then in newspapers so this thing just kind of kept coming back to haunt him so mcdougall was a member of the australian labor party um and even labor had published this at one point and he referenced it during speeches away as well so he didn't like it haunted him but not in a he didn't shy away from it Mm, just followed him yeah, and then so during this election, the outcry over the poem was really thrown towards the Australian Labor Party um, as them, you know, endorsing these beliefs. Um, and some of those hangovers honestly still exist in kind of an intergenerational way. But what happened was so a week before the federal election, a group of about 20 ex-soldiers kidnapped McDougall from his house. Wow. They then tarred him and feathered him and dumped him in the street, bound and blindfolded. Dear Lord. Yeah. Yeah. So they turned him into a bird and just dumped him in the street. That's only like 100 years ago, this politician. Yeah. Um, So six of the men were convicted of assault and fined five pounds. Which is more at the time. Yeah, but still not enough because they did receive mm. sympathy from the magistrate and mm. also a lot of the press. The press, some of the press were like, that's fair enough. Mm. Go for it. <laughs> not all of them, but mm. yeah, it was this really divided issue. And some people saw the actions as justified kidnapping um, a, Tiring and feathering. Of, a Labour Party. Yeah. 
Yeah. Wow. You don't see that today, fortunately. No, no. Um, there's still time, but hopefully <laughs> that won't yeah. happen. All right. So my last moment, and yes, we have briefly mentioned it before, but we're going to revisit it because it's a doozy. Mm. So on the evening of the 21st of June, 1966, um, during the federal election, Arthur Calwell was addressing an anti-conscription rally. There's a theme here mm-hmm. at Mossman Town Hall in Sydney. Um, it was supposedly quite an intense rally. Like people were being quite rowdy. Um, a lot was happening. And basically what happened is as he kind of left the the place, like to the town hall and he was in the lobby, this man called Peter Cocken, who was 19 year old, who was 19 years old, mm. um, was waiting there. And at some point he left and he got his rifle because he'd hidden them on the grounds nearby um, at a church, at a Methodist church and he'd concealed it. So he then like grabs it and he conceals it and goes back and he shoots Arthur Calwell. Wow. Yeah. In the Mossman Town Hall. Just outside of the Mossman Town Hall. Yeah. So it's kind of like as he's exiting. um, Mm. So like Calwell was can't he was like getting into his car like to be driven back to his hotel and he was shot mm. and he, i think it was as he was sitting down and so yeah that happened and he kind of like sat in the car after being shot and so he describes it Calwell. um there was an exploding sound coming from my left and the glass in the front near side window shattered and i felt a stinging sensation to the front of my face in the vicinity of my chin so Ooh. Yeah, so the bullet smashed the window before coming um, into Calwell's like lapel of his coat, mm. and he received a number of wounds to his face because all the glass and the bullet fragments, um, and he did have blood all over his shirt. But he actually went back into the town hall to call his wife to tell her what wow. happened. Yeah, and then was driven to hospital. Yeah priorities i guess yeah i mean you don't have mobile so anyway he was like Hmm. i'm fine i'm gonna call the wife then i'll go to hospital he was released the next day um and the shooter did attempt to flee but he he was like members of the crowd actually pinned him down Hmm. and um he was later arrested so yeah assassination attempt but he he literally came out and kept campaigning wow it's really lucky yeah Hmm. yeah so those are some of the most cracked moments during um, election campaigns in Australia. Oh, no, I do have one more. I missed it. Oh, surprise last one. Oh, this one is good. I'm so sorry, everyone. I accidentally highlighted one when I hadn't done it. Okay, bonus. Get ready for this bonus. It is a good right. one, actually. Oh, excellent. <laughs> <laughs> and it is reminiscent of recent times as well, which I like. You know, it's good to mm. see these patterns in Australian behaviour kind of Mm. come back around. So in WA, there was a referendum in 1933. Mm -hmm. And essentially it was a referendum for for WA to leave Australia. It was a succession referendum. Mm. And the referendum won. Like they they very, very successfully Mm. (laughs) voted themselves out of Australia by a significant majority. 
Um, and the government took it to British Parliament because you have to get permission because mm. Federation, Commonwealth, blah, 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 blah. And essentially, British Parliament were like, oh, okay, well, we have to address this. And they created a parliamentary joint select committee. And the committee mm-hmm. sat on this for a while, but they ruled it invalid because they, the king um, chimed in as well and was like, mm. we just don't know if they're allowed to do that, actually. Uh, we say no. <laughs> so, yeah. And it also, they didn't have the support of the Australian federal government either. So the federal government's also like, WA, you can't leave. Like, mm. We're sorry, but you can't leave. And under the 1931 statute of Westminster, they have to have support of the federal government, which was only two years prior. So I don't know mm. if that was brought in in anticipation of this, but very bizarre and then the other thing that happened is that um so the anti-succession labor party in wa won the state election that was held in the same day as the referendum so they did the state election and the referendum at the Mm. same time which they often do but the (laughs) anti-succession party won the election Wow! so we want to change government but also we want to we want to leave yeah and so then like, the Labor Party didn't fight for it because they were like, well, mm. we weren't for this anyway and you voted us in. And so it just kind of... Yeah, like, and because the, the UK away. have gone like, no, no, we're doing colonialism. Yeah. This, you, no, you and cannot the federal be government. What like, do you mean? We mm. need your mining resources to export mm. to others. Yeah. And also they were, in, you know, it was wartime. So like we need the mining resources to build. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> to build things um, mm. as well as the farming, the agriculture industry out there was really significant, as we know from our very first episode in the EMU Wars. So mm. as if the federal government was going to let them go. Um, so poor WA, they tried to leave. They tried to do it. And, mm. you know, if they had been successful, we wouldn't have had this same drama that we've had in during COVID times and maybe just maybe we would have been announcing a WA COVID travel bubble instead of a New Zealand mm. travel bubble <laughs> 12 months ago um but hey here we are together figuring it all out I didn't know that didn't know that had happened yeah they legit voted themselves out mm. but the king said no no <laughs> yeah so those are all of my cracked moments. Of yeah, Australian, that one's pretty cracked. Um, elections. Obviously, there are so many more. And, you know, there's still three weeks of the campaign and three more weeks of nonsense yet to come. So we it will be nonsense. paying close attention. Mm. Mm. Lucky us. <laughs> <laughs> God bless us, everyone. Cool. Well, thanks, Maddie. No worries. I've oh. learnt something, which I'll probably immediately forget, I as per usual. hope that's not entirely the case. <laughs> they always come back to me. Like, I can't often like recall things on command, but every so often I'll be like, oh, yeah, I know a fact. Yes. Yes. Mm. My sources for this episode were news.com, mm. The Guardian, QI, hilariously, Sunshine Coast Daily, Wikipedia, and the ABC. Right. Love it. And also um, just various politicians' Twitter accounts. They just give us this material for free. So thank you. Yeah, that's true. Next episode, in two weeks, um, I'm going to jump back to one of the characters from the Sydney Harbour Bridge episode. Or two of the characters, in fact. It's Lenny Guarta. Yeah, it's a buddy story. <laughs> a nine-year-old boy and his pony. 
and their journey to the Harbour Bridge. Um, so that'll be in two weeks. Um, also in like two weeks is my show at the Comedy Festival. So if you are in Sydney on the mm-hmm. 11th and 13th of May, which is a Wednesday and a Friday, please come. Um, that'll be lovely. You can come say hello after and tell me any feelings you have about the podcast. And I'd love to hear them. Yes. And if you want more election coverage, feel free to jump over to the Batuta Decode podcast, where my good friend that sounds exactly like me, Leslie Burley, is joining Wendell Hussey and we recap everything that's happened every week so you don't have to. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. <laughs>